Who knows? Is this thing on? Yeah. John and D, podcast episode 99. <laughs> this is Alex Caravan, uh, VP of BizOps, drinking a... We're cracking. We got a couple special guests today, so we're cracking open a... Um, uh, go ahead and say this for me. <laughs> Unagi. Mal- Unagi. No, I know the Malbec part, yeah. bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're getting some Unagi. Argentina, uh, spicy 2017. It was a great year. Yeah. But uh, anyways, enter yourself. Or I'll, I'll start pouring us out. I'm Andrew Rod. I'm a hitting coordinator here. Tanner Stokey, director of hitting. Josh Hertzenberg, manager of player personnel. So good to have you guys on. Josh, first time on the pod. Welcome. Yes, sir. Thank you. Give, give, the, give the peeps a little bit of your background. Uh, Yeah. Played in college, scouted, and coached in the Dodgers system for three years. Uh, covered the amateur draft and coached in the minor leagues. Spent two years in Korea working for the Lotte Giants uh, of the KBO. And spent a year as assistant farm director with the San Francisco Giants. Um, and joined up with you guys, I guess, January? So you, four months you've had to do with Giant you? addition to the squad. Ah, good one. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. So, so, so got a couple of scalps. Uh, you know, what, what's the what's the worst or org you've worked for? What's what's the best? Uh, you start off hard hitting question. Drive. No. Um, <laughs> everybody's great. Everybody's amazing. Uh, I have good friends everywhere. Um, no, yeah, I've had, I've had you know good and bad experiences. Yeah. Um, but I think every organization I've worked for tries to do things the right way, and I think there's some things that we've done really well, and some things probably. Could have done better, and I think as long as we learn from them, everything's good. You know, you know how it goes. And hopefully, I made a good contribution. Thank you. Try my best. Hey. Oh yeah. You didn't get on camera. I know. But, but, but <laughs> I was. Oh dude. Oh yeah. I was. It was. I was going to hit something. Uh, also, I think this is a um, OCs. I looked at the box. OCs. Yeah. Thanks, OC. I'm, I'm just. Thanks, I'm, OC. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna uh, I'll get him a drink next to my CM, which is probably gonna be a O'Coin's wedding. Quite a little bit more. Yeah, sit down. You, you want you want some mixing of your rain? Yeah, it's 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 basically gone. But yeah, throw some of that on the rocks. We'll give it a shot. Right, let's go for the boys. Thank you, sir. Just a splash. You know. You don't mind. Thank you, sir. We're supposed to like shake and sniff, right? The I went to Napa once. Here. Cheers. That's acting so. Jeez. Sure, it's your first bottle. <laughs> Um, wait, what did you say? You went to Napa once? Yeah, so I, I knew nothing about wine and now I know everything. I think that's where to go. That's when you're in San Francisco, right? Yeah. Yeah, you just go out to Napa. Don't drive, my advice, if you're in San Francisco. Like, take oh, dude. Don't drive in Napa. But specifically to Napa, because then you have to drive home. You don't enjoy Napa as much. Oh, so. I was going to say just uh, traffic. I, I literally got hosed on this last month. I went to Merrick, our, our, uh, our BB Ops contractor, mm-hmm. his wedding in Napa. Yeah. Stayed overnight in SF. Yeah, it was it was like I I, 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 well, I drove my car up. I didn't I didn't fly, so I had my car up there, and then it was like whatever, like an hour drive. Yeah, his ceremony started at two, so I left at like whatever, twelve twenty. You didn't walk there? Uh, no, but uh, but I was. What, what, I didn't tell him tell him this until after. But I was planning on on sleeping in my car, because the because Napa hotels are crazy expensive. <laughs> like, did he put it? He put on the on the post like. He's changing your tux in the back seat. What's up? Like yeah. tux, tux on the back seat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, like he was like, he's like, oh, we we got a bunch of we got a suite of rooms, uh, five hundred for the the single king, six hundred for like whatever the double, and like I didn't know anybody at the wedding besides him, so I'm not splitting with anybody. I mean, I can't, you know, I can't justify that that cost for <laughs> for one night when I'm I know I'm gonna be like drinking anyways. <laughs> so it's like if I just you know am buzzed enough to fall asleep anywhere, I'll, I'll just rip my car. Just need a place to sleep. That's yeah, all it is. yeah, yeah. So so so, but but anyways, like there's traffic. Um, pulled over like somewhere near the hotel, switched my clothes, got an Uber, got there like literally right before the ceremony started. Like I walked in as, as him and like the, 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 the bridal party was, was queued up, but, uh, no small talk. Yeah. No, I mean, dude, I mean, if we really want to talk about the, the small talk during the ceremony, but by the way, I mean, we, we I usually bullshit. I mean, for, for you, I don't know if you've seen anything with Rod. I've, I've watched. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll usually bullshit a bit. Huge fan. No, you haven't. I really have. Lots of Nick Martinez one, bro, because he want to know how to close on him. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. No, dude. I mean, I did sit down next to a very attractive woman during the ceremony. Like I walked in, I saw one spot open. I was like, you know, like, hey, I'm looking for an open spot. B, she seems to be there herself. I don't know anybody. You know, perfect. Sure. You know, talk her a little bit during the ceremony, and then she hits me. I was like, yo, what's what? Like, she's like, what's after this? I was like, I don't know. And she like looks at her phone pulls out this like in-depth itinerary like i'm talking like four or five uh page pdf 
and I'm looking at it, I was like, what the, what the hell kind of dinner are you? I've never seen like such detail. I had like cake cutting, whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh yeah, my boyfriend's a, a groomsman. Like this is what they sent him. Like, all right, I gotta, all right, I, gotta, I gotta find another spot to sit. <laughs> I gotta find another spot Spare to sit. Yeah. yeah, just walk out of the wedding. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Fuck cocktail hour. Shouldn't have been standing there. Yeah. But uh, anyways, um, well, a little bit on your background. I mean, I, I, I thought for some reason, so you were only two years in, in the KBO? Yeah, two years. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I was over there, right, like right when COVID started. Yeah. Like we moved to, I moved to Busan, which is the second biggest city in Korea. Um, and then like three days Dr. later, there was an outbreak. After Seoul? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, Seoul's the biggest. Yeah. Seoul's massive. Yeah. And then Busan's like the size of LA. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that, that's massive. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How'd that end up happening? Uh, like, how'd I get the job? Yeah. Um, so I had a connection with a guy who, like, knew someone over there. Um, the GM over there used to be a scout for the Cubs. And uh, he's a Korean guy, but, like, worked for the Cubs for, like, 12 years. And uh, I think he was just trying to build out, like, some sort of infrastructure that was kind of similar to what MLB teams were doing. Right. And so I got a phone call as, like, with a pitching back, someone with a pitching background who kind of had an idea of like how to look at TrackMan data and sort of build out like a system. So I phone call and went through a bunch of phone interviews and they were like, would you be interested in moving to South Korea? And I was like, man, I'm, I'm in my twenties, I'm single. And like, I was like, this sends the time to do it. Yeah. It's like a great opportunity. I could be like a, my first leadership <laughs> position in baseball. And like, this would be a cool experience yep. too, to like just move yep. across the world. And so off we went, not knowing that the world was going to shut down. But, <laughs> Great know, timing. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. I, I, yeah. I mean, uh, well, never mind. I'm actually going to ignore the first question that popped in my head. I was going to ask about that. But the second question is, uh, what, 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 so like what's, what's kind of the biggest cultural difference in terms of like how baseball is run over there? The workplace culture is the biggest difference. Yeah. It's like very hierarchical. Yeah. Um. So it was just like a lot of, like there's red tape everywhere. There's politics yeah. in every like place. Uh, yeah. There's just like a different structure of like how to communicate and like how to like go about distributing information and stuff. So like everything else is pretty similar. Like guys want to get better, right? Yeah. Players want to get better. Um, from like a from like a social perspective, like outside of the workplace, it's pretty similar to me. Like I don't know, going out like dating or like socializing with people. Like yeah. like it wasn't that huge of an adjustment outside of the whole COVID thing. Um, but yeah, the workplace is definitely like the culture is the biggest adjustment for yeah. sure to me. Do, do you feel like certain like parts of the business are like valued differently? Like 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 the way the team runs its business, like yeah. whether, whether analytics, pitching yeah. coach, logistics. So whatever. every every KBO team is owned by like a gigantic conglomerate. Okay. So like Kia, LG, Samsung, they all own the teams, right? Lotte is a big conglomerate also. So every team is like a sort of like a subdivision of the big conglomerate. So a lot of the employees for the KBO teams are not like quote unquote baseball people. They just like work for Lotte and happen to be like, I don't know if they're like assigned to the Giants. I don't know if that's the best phrase, but yeah. like they work for the Giants. So um, culturally speaking, it's more of like what I would consider like a standard corporate environment. Yeah. Whereas like when I was scouting, it's like kind of the Wild West. Like yeah. It's really, yeah, yeah. You know, it's yeah. like baseball. So yeah. Um, it's not, I don't know if it's better or worse. It's just different in that yeah. regard. So yeah, yeah, that was, that was a big difference. Yeah. And then what about, what about impressions, uh, about driveline <laughs> a couple months in the here? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I've loved it so far. There's um, even, even, there's even differences like structurally how it operates differently. Yeah. Versus, like, well, you guys are very like, games. you guys are like very system. We, I shouldn't say you guys, uh, we are like very systems oriented here. And so, um, I don't know. I feel like personally, like my, the expectations for my job are very like clear. My KPIs are very clear. And like, I feel like the resources available for me to execute are like available. And if they're not, we can like bring it up and like there's value going in the on. input. Yeah. So like, yeah. like similar to how we, this might be like sales pitchy, I guess, but like similar to how we like do a test, train, retest process for the athletes and try to like iterate and improve their development. I feel like it's similar for the employees behind the scenes and that like we're constantly trying to iterate and provide systems to build on and then as a result, like be challenged by. Yeah. So like that's been a really positive thing for me here. In like four months or whatever. Is that somewhat what you expected? Yeah, but I think it's better than I expected it to be. Like, it's just more prioritized. Like, gotcha. it's like the thing that I've noticed. It's like everybody cares about. Like, and speaking with Mike or like Kyle or Matt Dudo or like everybody else, like, like that's definitely like a focal point in like the daily processes here. So like, I hear about it. I mean, Kyle's not quiet about it on Twitter, right? No, he's like, not. so like, he's a little quieter <laughs> than he used to be. Very much but. so. Very much so. So like, but like, I you know about it, you hear about it. Like, obviously, I've known about Driveline for years. You we knew people that were in it. Yeah, and like we integrated with Driveline a hundred percent. There's some business back in the day. Me, me, me and O'Coin. Oh, uh, a lot of business. The, 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 we were on some zooms. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we did a couple of write-ups for um, for Lotte. Yeah, nice. Which, which by the way, so, sorry, not 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 a, not a distract, but. I don't know if you remember this clearly, hmm. um, but I, I gave him a lot of shit after. I mean, he was giving himself shit. 
But I can't believe uh, Bitcoin agreed to that price on on the spot. Do you remember that? I don't remember the price. Um, well, I won't mention the price, but but but, but I mean, we we, we kind of undersold ourselves. But you know, we're like striking a deal for like sure. uh, doing write ups and stuff for a bunch of like minor leaguers yes. that you guys had. Oh, like, I remember. Kind of people on the cusp, yes. you know? Yeah, yeah. And it was like, DC, you know, you got it's an ML, it's not an MLB team, but it's a team. Like, it's got some money. Team, yeah, yeah. We're talking about people that are like very high variance. Yes. Like if anybody yeah. kicks off, it'd be a boost. And then you're like, yeah. So so, what are you guys thinking? And Ocoin just goes, um, that um yeah. give me. Uh, it looks just uh, like him. Yeah. And then, and then, and then I, was like, I was like slacking. I was like, I was like just say, we'll, we'll figure out a number later. Say, we'll figure out a number And then later. he gave me the number. Yeah. And I was just like, because I had a budget. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that works. Yeah, yeah. we can do that. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. It's like, yeah. God damn I can do that one. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. It was a lot of. I know. I remember I sent you guys over like the Rock Shack meeting yeah, and yeah, everything. Yeah. yeah. It was, um, yeah, I've known about Driveline for years. I mean, when I was with the Dodgers, like, that was. So I signed a guy out of the draft out of University of Oklahoma in. 16 maybe uh cory copping and he was like a he was a 31st round pick um just kind of like good arm action could spin it maybe like 90 in college and then i remember in spring training gabe kapler was the farm director and he like 10 or 11 guys were brought into what we were just called like a 10-week weighted ball program yeah and i think it was a kyle and jimmy buffy at the time and they were in glendale in arizona and Corey was one of the guys that was like invited into the program. Yeah. And he came out there in 97. Jeez. And it was just like, we, I don't think we really knew anything beyond like, we're going to just like trial and error this thing. Yeah. Um, but it worked. And then the next iteration of the, the Dodgers programming being implemented was a little bit more refined and individualized. But Tony Gonsolin was in that group. And I remember yeah. coaching Tony. And Tony made a big velo jump and just totally refined his arsenal. Tony was a two way guy in college. Yeah. Okay. Um, he played the outfield in the same areas as well. And then like made that huge jump. And I remember in the playoffs in high A, Tony would probably remember this too. Um, he was on the mound and I remember looking at the scoreboard from the dugout and I thought the radar gun was broken because it was just kept saying 99. And as it turns <laughs> out, like, no, nah, he was just sitting 99, like the entire outing. Yeah. Um, and so I think throw weighted balls. There you go. Throw weighted balls. And I think at that point, everybody just realized yeah, throw like, all white smash factor. Balls. <laughs> <laughs> smash factor. Maybe balls. not throw them all the time. Um, but hit them, right? Hit smash factor balls. But throw yeah. them at someone trying to swing. <clears throat> yeah. Hard. Yeah. With, with nasty shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that was when I realized like, oh, this stuff probably works. Like this works, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I've known about Driveline for a while. And then like all the processes are just like everything that Driveline publicly says that we prioritize as far as I've seen in my four months is true. So did you realize before you come in, like how many different things we do? <laughs> um, it's a lot, right? You talk about all these systems. It's very much necessary. I didn't think about it be honest with you like i i perceive driveline and i don't know how many people in the industry like in the team side of things would say this but like i think a lot of wood like i perceive driveline as like a 31st major league baseball team with respect to like player development like i don't see our development systems being separate like i think the purpose of driveline is to be the most all-encompassing player development department that's readily available to everybody and so like when you talk about driveline compared to the giants or the dodgers or the astros or the Rays, it's just like driveline's another club that's trying to compete mm -hmm. so like I never thought about like, oh, they have all these things because in my mind, it's like, if that's what's necessary to develop baseball players, then that's what should exist. So like, makes sense. Yes, I guess. But I don't, yeah, it just never like a thought in my mind. A, a pretty good filter question I actually used for, uh, for interviews for like interns is like, I just ask them, um, like, so like, what do you think? What do you think driveline does? It's like, how familiar are you with what we do? Yeah. Well, but, but not even that. Cause I mean, yeah. they, they can like whatever, but like, I was like, yeah, just like, how do we actually like make money <laughs> or like whatever? Because, because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I mean, you can ask some people in the company and they might not be able to give you a good yeah. answer depending on how like I said they are. How did I do? Uh, oh, just now? Yeah. Good. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. What's the wildest yeah. answer you've gotten? Um, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't say wild, I just like bad answers. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, uh, you know, like baseball software or something, you know, it's like, well, Technically yes, but that's like our fifth yeah, like revenue line, wrong. and also like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's also like you just looked at you know you just looked at the website and like ChatGPT came up that yeah. yeah, dude. No, I mean I mean I uh I don't know if this I don't know if that's an episode you watched or if you were just you know be asking me about the episode you watched, but uh I I told on air to to Bodie like I I the last I just did like a data engineering internship a couple months ago, and and, and Shantani one of the guys that started uh, hired off off that internship, but. I chat GBT like I sent out a questionnaire to like the qualified oh, applicants. Sure, yeah. I, I chat GBT like one another two of the answers. Like one of the like they were asking me to chat GPT. It was like, how do you determine you know like uh like the system crashes overnight, like a server goes down overnight. You have some log files. Like what, what do you, what do you do initially? Like how, how do you determine like what happened? You know, uh and, and like I, I chat GPT did an answer, and it was like like twenty people had that, that almost like exact same answer, <clears throat> including one I was like literally like. I sent one to York and he's like, wait, which one's the chat GPT? 
Yeah, I couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's uh, like uh, a John Morant apology. That yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw a couple that, yeah. weeks ago, yeah. and everybody, everybody was saying he like literally apologized through Ch- ChatGPT. That's crazy. Kids in school, like college, they're all like. But but I feel like how, how does, I'm surprised John Morant even like knows about ChatGPT. I mean, I feel like he just it had, had, like to, be, had to be his someone, agent. I feel like he's paid someone fifty bucks yeah, to do it. And his agent like, or somebody. Like, yeah. Fifty bucks is not good enough it's to like, get. Hey, you need to you need to put this out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I was gonna ask you guys though, like hitting wise, like uh, been a minute since you've been on. I wasn't on an episode, but yeah, how, how's the hitting department kind of uh, evolved and changed, um, or, or 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 like you know, like any, any anything kind of new there from the last half year or so? What do you got, Coach? Dude, Things have changed uh, a lot, man. I don't remember. I don't exactly remember the last pod we were on, but uh, as far as like athlete volume, the type of athletes we have coming through here, this this past pro off season was insane. Oh, it changes the cap, bro. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, yeah, that's that, that's that's a big thing. Yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's been busy. Good things, but yeah, this this past pro off season we launched uh, opened up the facility in Arizona in Scottsdale, so it was flooded with pros, which, which was awesome. Like we. We had more big leaguers this off season than we ever have. Currently working with more big leaguers in season right now than we ever have. Yeah. And uh, between the two facilities, we're basically going to be at capped uh, through the college summer in both spots. Yeah. So the, the athlete volume is insane. Yeah. At, at this point in time. Yeah, I think MLB guys. I think last off season we had like ten to twelve MLB hitters. Something and like then that. And yeah. I think this year we had like twenty three, something like that. And then also you know countless fringe guys and minor league guys. Um, yeah, something like twenty three that were you know officially working with us, and we had another probably ten to fifteen that that popped in for a day a or couple, two to kind of check things out. Yeah. Big names too, a couple big names, yeah. which obviously like names. some people like you know some people are not cool with it being dropped. So I'm not gonna drop anything, but like yeah, like uh, as big as it gets. Uh, I mean that ESPN article was was like I mean yeah, a couple about, of about the Dodgers like, guys that came through. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, like that did that like did you guys notice that impact? Like once that article came out, were a lot more people like asking you guys or calling in. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like, uh, I had a lot of people just randomly replying in the DMs, things like yeah. that. Like, uh, I think that has a lot of the reason, or a lot of the reason why we have so many college guys coming through yeah. this summer, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we'll see the biggest impact from that beginning of next offseason. <clears throat> yeah. You know, because most of that stuff comes out in, in spring training it's, it's once like guys are back at camp. Yeah. yeah. So, like, exactly. no one's really going to, like, hit us up uh like spring training or in season uh, unless like things are going pretty bad for them yeah and they're just kind of like hey yeah. i need help yeah. you know um so word of mouth will spread a bunch more throughout the season based off guys doing good or bad and stuff and then we'll probably see the biggest impact in all the reach outs uh beginning of next off season yeah at the same time like you just got to see results yeah, right yeah. like so yeah. far so good with yeah. the majority of the dodgers guys that yeah. came through mm-hmm. uh the focus for them was obviously looking to gain some bat speed, yeah. right? Uh, go through assessment, learn how to train bat speed, yeah. things like that. And uh, for the most part, man, all, all those guys' numbers are up right now. Yeah. So yeah. We'll, we'll see at the end of the year. But yeah, like I've, gotten said, some, I've gotten some like inquiries from clubs also, like big league clubs. I think like the that article and like the attention given to like the club integration that we do, I don't know if they were like completely familiar or not or if it's just like asking questions about, you know, the Dodgers – having the reputation of being like good at this stuff you know i think people are just curious about the processes and so like um i think there's a chance that we can do some like club partnership integrations as well like more more of that moving forward and i think those articles were like a pretty good jumping off point for that yeah the dodger stuff was really interesting too because um like they have very good player development very good big league coaches uh, and like obviously we we harp on like the big three and like training like complete hitters in all three categories but it was like with those guys, as we broke down all their numbers and got into all their stuff, it's like you could tell what their hitting coaches are really good at teaching too because they all had really good bat-to-ball skills. Really and good swing, swing decisions. Really good swing yeah. decisions. So it was pretty cool to kind of like – pretty good bat paths. Yeah. It's just why the big thing is like yeah. how, do, how do we gain yeah. some speed? Yeah. So it was a lot of like maintaining those paths, maintaining those swing decisions, and adding like more speed and more damage on top of it. Uh, and so far, like Tanner said, it – most of those guys are up a couple miles an hour in bat speed so far this year. I think the Dodgers in particular are a really good example of like an organization who is, are pretty well aligned, like their player acquisition, their player development processes, like they understand yeah, what their strengths are. Mm-hmm. And then we can come in and supplement because there's clarity about what's exactly needed. So like nobody's perfect. The Dodgers are great at a lot of things. And even if they have a weakness, that's great. They understand what that is and they can execute accordingly. So like mm-hmm. that's a really good example, I think, of like, a team that has really good systems in, in place and just kind of understands like where they can make the most impact. 
so like and then from there like we can obviously work with them and supplement as as necessary because of those systems that we have yeah i, I mean I, I, I was bummed gavin lux got, got hurt Ugh. i wanted i want to see that season yeah. play out i want to see that season play out yeah it's tough man yeah. he's really excited for him he's yeah. awesome yeah yeah and, and, and yeah i think the dodgers are also like a good team for us to have that sort of interaction with and, and notoriety because it's just a copycat league too like you know like obviously the dodgers have been i think i saw some i think i think they're like a, I, thought, I saw a stat they're on a hundred win record for the last 10 years mm. you know and yeah, obviously it's just like, been best best yeah. team in baseball yeah 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 and, and like third maybe third farm system for last yeah 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 i mean but yeah the playoffs are a crapshoot like you know mm. whatever like I'm sure you'd rather have the Astros last ten years if, if you're a fan than than Dodgers. Well, depending on on where you fall in the uh, trash can stuff, but uh, yeah, I mean, just like top top of the league, always been smart, have money invested wisely, and then like they still you know choose to get that involved with us and and, and see results out of it. So I, I think that'll be that'll be huge. Mm. What, what, what what's kind of like uh give me give me a quick uh, down low on what the MLB product is on the hitting side to, to hitters. Like how do you guys interact with hitters? During the season, what do you give them? What's kind of like, what are you kind of looking for? Man, there's some layers to this. Um, so like the, the assessment and training process in the off season is, is more or less the same as it would be for all of our hitters, yeah. right? Come yeah. in. Wait, real quick, anyone trying to get topped off? I'm good. I'll get a little bit. Let's go, baby. It's pretty good. Though. <laughs> it is. Whatever I don't it know is. how to pronounce it, but whatever it is. <laughs> Argentinian Malbec. My orange dreams to go bang is gone, so. I'm going to go with it. Excuse me. What's the website on on it vino.com or whatever vino.com vino i think you should know man you're the one with the napa first i'll save this for you i'll save this for you we change your name very yeah, up change your name so sorry change your mind appreciate it <laughs> you change your name bro you, you can smash the whole I'll let you know on, on both, yeah. <laughs> but yeah where was where was i <clears throat> uh, so yeah the the assessment like training processes is more or less the same as it is for all of our athletes yeah guys are going to come in go through the motion capture assessment hit in the lab uh, hit on the force plates. We go through the high performance assessment, a little bit of table stuff, um, CRPT, uh, collect a little bit more data through the assessment, meet, go over everything, and put together a plan for the off season. Uh, obviously, there's checkpoints in between uh, where we're tracking progress, uh, you know, test, retest, all that good stuff. Uh, and then as as it uh, as you get into the season, is where things change a little bit as far as like the like the advanced scouting, uh, yeah. advanced scouting process we'll do for those guys, and that's a little bit different from guy to guy. Um, basically giving them insights uh on the pitchers they're facing uh we try to we try to individualize and tailor that to them um guys we work with and have like a really good relationship throughout the off season and generally get the most value out of that sort of thing as far as like game planning specifically to their strengths to their swing how they should attack this pitcher um and just honestly just being a resource for them throughout the year yeah that's something you see like all, all these guys are getting stuff from their teams um and teams have access to some information we don't uh but i think somewhere we really stand out there is it, it's 100 percent personalized to the guy yeah right and like we have that relationship with them we know the way they think we know what they're good at what they like what they don't like uh we kind of tailor advanced scouting reports to that yeah it's like just honestly just being a resource for them where yeah. we're like solely focused on them yeah day in and day out and that could be like an advantage for that is our advantage too because you know they have a couple hitting coaches for the staff and they have, you know, double digit hitters yeah. to like prep for every single game, mm -hmm. starters and bullpen. So we just have the luxury of like spending some more time on just like individual guys. Yeah. Um, and so we can help them not only give them good insights for that starting pitcher that night, but then also help tailor their like pregame routine yeah. like for it. Yeah. Yep. So they might have like a, a pretty set routine of like certain drills, but then we can be like, all right, this guy, you know, it's a higher spin like fastball guys. So like on this drill, like you're going high pitch with it and like this bat, mm -hmm. like trying to hit it like this ball flight, just kind of like help them prep for the game and stuff. Um, well, one thing I remember talking to Ocho about just no chart, direct driving director of hitting through 2018. Um, uh, like look how unique our machine warmup is compared to like most, mo like I mean basically teams anywhere like college pro. Do you guys think that's changed a little bit? Like our our machines are like high speed machines with different like like nasty breaking pitches too. Mm -hmm. Like more common nowadays than they were a couple of years ago. It's it's changed oh, a lot, yeah. man. Yeah. And you could probably speak on this too, but like you obviously have a couple different types of pitching machines that mix pitches yeah. now. Yeah. You have the the traject machines. Yeah. You have like the whole video board yeah. changes the arm slot release pitch yeah. types. Um, so it's definitely changed a lot, and uh, honestly, O chart probably has a lot to do with why that's a thing these days. That's, that's not probably that's true yeah like 
hundred percent. Yeah, like being being on the team side, like it's it's not that we're necessarily we were trying to play catch up. It was more just like like you said, it's kind of a copycat league, and so like um, everybody generally has similar access to similar equipment. I think like one of the benefits that Driveline has that maybe the team has less of is just like the the volume of data we're able to collect. We have a lot more hitters that come yeah. every day, and a lot more pitchers, obviously. So like we're just able to like validate our processes probably faster than they are. Like we do the same thing. It's just we're validating faster, so we can always stay like one step ahead of the curve as a result. That's a good point. Yeah, uh, I think I think one advantage too is we like we're used to doing stuff with the data. Like we're not used to just like collecting and letting it like For gather sure. dust, yeah. which which I think is true in other situations or or with other other teams. Um, but yeah, I remember Oach or like us and Oach did something with uh the Twins, like maybe late twenty eighteen. And it was like a big data collection day. It was like hitting, yeah. hitting assessment for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I remember I was working closely with them to like get the get the twins like hit tracks data in our system and spit out reports and stuff. And it was, it was like nothing. It was just like whatever we did basically, you know, but just mm -hmm. like before and after. And he was like so pumped on it. Like everyone had like crazy results because they, they just like weren't used to hitting against the machine. So like once you introduce that across a couple of sessions, mm -hmm. like yeah, people's numbers, numbers are going to go up. And it was almost like, I felt like it was almost like a hack, you know? It's like, you it's plug like, this people is so in. Simple, yeah. Man. yeah, you it's plug so people simple. in and it's like not these elite athletes, yeah. just the best hitters on the planet. Yeah. You put them in like a training environment that's more conducive to yeah. the game success and they're just going to see results. And they're competing against each other. At the same yeah. Time. Like they're not training individually. Mm -hmm. like they're with each other talking shit, yep. like having a good time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's changed a lot where like majority of teams all have, you know, machines and those resources or anything. I think like the next step is just like, educating more more players and some of the coaches as well just so they take more advantage of it because like every team has it but like there's still a good bulk of probably hitters in the league that like pre-game routines like still don't get to that point yeah like they still just like limit swings they'll take a bunch of like t or front toss swings and and some feel good bp and then they'll have a break and, and go into the game um how common are underweight overweight uh bats at the at the major league level what do you got there Decently common, like more common now than they were a few years ago. Yeah. Um, not as common as like throwing plyos. Yeah. And like like weighted balls that we throw. Yeah. But like, I I would estimate that the hitting space in general is probably like three or four years behind pitching, like give sure. or take. Yeah. For um, sure. but it's growing. I feel like that gap's starting to close. No doubt, but... and like it's growing pretty quickly. And I think like as it becomes more commonplace, as the results start to be seen on the field, like in a loud way in MLB. I think it's going to be the same thing. It's just going to explode. Um, but I do think, like, one of the challenges, like, like I said, like, the players, like, a lot of the players, like, they know, they either don't know what they're being evaluated on or they know that the evaluation is based on their results, but they don't understand how the process connects to that, like, in the minor leagues. So, like, if a guy's in high A and it's like, oh, like, you're being evaluated on, like, the big three, okay, I get it. Like, I understand what a swing decision is, but, like, how am I, like, how is the training that I'm doing yeah. connecting the dots yeah. for that? Like, how can I improve it? And it's hard. Like, like it's not it's not the easiest thing, number one, to, like, prove out, but also, like, for teams to communicate effectively across every single player. So, like, that's just a challenge that I think hitters in, in pro ball are facing, and hopefully we can provide more clarity for that. Because, like, the way we look at things, like, the big three metrics is not unique. Like, I think a lot of clubs are doing it that way, if not most clubs are doing it that mm -hmm. way. They might, like, evaluate it differently, but the idea is the same. Yeah. So, but yeah, to answer the question about like, like underload, overload bat training and stuff, like I think it's not quite there yet across the league, but it's certainly growing. I wouldn't be surprised if like we circle back in 12 to 24 months and it's just like, yeah, of course we're swinging. Yeah, yeah, he's got yeah like duh. We're, we're yeah, the results are real. Yeah, like it's not. There's no way around it. The results are real. Same, same, same idea with throwing weighted balls. Right? right, but there's no, like, there's no hitter on earth that can't like benefit from swinging bat faster. Yeah. Like. Aaron Judge, like John Carl, like they can still swing the bat faster. Like I understand he had, like these guys have the most elite bat speed, but like what's bad about swinging it faster? Yeah. It's great to hear a non-hitting guy say that. <laughs> just, yeah, just increase that margin for error. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, the pitching, guy, the pitching guys can run 104. We got to give you guys some kind of chance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like for, for, for me, it's almost like conceptually like the, the idea of introducing someone to like compound lifts or like different tempos, you know, it's like if someone's never lifted heavy, or if someone's never lifted fast, like of course you're gonna make gains. Anybody yeah. that's like worked yeah, out for a while, gains, like sure. knows knows that's that's you know you change mm -hmm. up variables, you it's produce like force at different rates. Like yeah, you're gonna make overall gains. It's interesting you say that because like my first introduct introduction to like driveline specific weighted ball programming on my pitching side was like I said with the Dodgers. Somebody made that connection as like it's just like weight training and it just like clicked like that. I was confused. I was like, what are we doing? Yeah, they, like, they somebody said, me, bro. Like, it's just like these guys that throw these like colored baseballs into a wall, like looks weird, you know, because yeah. it does. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, it's like weight training. We're like putting them yeah. in constrained environments, 
you know, yeah, increasing and decreasing the weights. I'm like, oh, it just like clicked right away. It's like I think if people think of weighted bat training in that way, it's like the same exact concept, and it just like, makes sense. What what years were what years were you with the the Dodgers? No, I started with the Dodgers was 18, so I was there for that whole thing, mm-hmm. with the whole like iterate, you know, the whole yeah. programming of everything. Yeah, um, that's funny. The I think 2018 winter meetings, mm-hmm. it was it was me, uh, me, Mike, Bodie, Sam Breen, and Oach for a little bit of it. Oach mm-hmm. was already kind of with the Phillies, but we met with the Dodgers. This is this is like one of one of Bodie's favorite stories, from um, he's got a bunch of those winter meetings. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Be here all night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but Bodie's got a bunch of stories that that have sunk me in the past. Uh, I'm not gonna tell one of those though. Uh, but um, we met with the Dodgers like the night before. We kind of we we had, we had like 20 meetings scheduled across like three days. You know, like almost like basically like full full work day, like one hour pitch meetings. Boom, boom, boom. Um, and we met with the Dodgers before because we already were like pretty friendly with them. So it was like really casual. They came over like 10 p.m. A couple of them. Uh, you know, people were like drinking, and and we had like these pamphlets. And this like one of, like there's like a woman that came over. I think she's like someone's wife, uh, and she just like picked up like this 50 page like driveline pamphlet because oh, we've, we've always <laughs> we've we've always we've always like you know we've always had a lot of stuff going on. I think one of the challenges from a business point of view, and I'm sure you can already relate to this, is just like communicating like what our products are, yeah, yeah. what products you you care about if you fall mm-hmm. into this you know niche and like how to like and what matters t- tell the value, yeah, yeah. 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 So we had like a 50 page pamphlet. Like you can imagine, this is like five <laughs> years ago. Sure. Um, so it's even even more vague. We don't have like AP plans and what or and whatnot. And she just like, like again, I I, I don't I know nobody there. It's like kind of like my first like introduction to like you know uh, rubbing elbows with a bunch of pro ball people. And uh, she just like picks up the pamphlet, like kind of lazily like flips through the whole thing in like four seconds, <laughs> and puts it down. And I'm just like, you know, trying to kind of crack dice for a joke. I was like, checks out. She's like, what do you mean? I was like, no, I just saw you go through the whole thing. Like, what what do you think? And she just like looked so taken aback for like two seconds, and then kind of started laughing. And then and Bodie just thought it was so funny. Dude, the like, me, the, me the checks out comment just yeah. like rolls through my head. Yeah, at least like fifteen times a week. <laughs> just watching somebody exist, I'm just like, checks out. <laughs> it happens all the time. Yeah, the, the other one he loves telling is the, is the floss story too. You guys know that one? The floss story. Um, like our last meeting was with the Mets, and and they only had like one guy. It was like the same year. Same year, yeah. Like four days later. And so we'd already gone through like the whole, you know, ringer, like we're, we're retired, sure. whatever. And, and, um, and then, yeah, I, I'd like just asked Bodie for floss <laughs> and then we're rolling up like the get Mets guys, uh, rolling up and then me and Bodie joking around about like trying to introduce like a word or something like almost like super troopers, like meow style, you know? So, so oh, I he, this he, he, he's like, he's like, he's like, what, what should we do? Or I was like, what do you want to do? He's like, let's just do floss, you know? Cause it was, it was fresh in his mind. And I was like, all right. And the rule is you can't say it the first time you talk, you know, because you can't be like, oh, my name's Alex Caravan, blah, 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 floss. Uh, I like floss. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got any floss on you, bro? Uh, and I think, yeah, so we both both talked and the guy was talking and I was like, I like borderline interrupted Bodie to like hop in after he talked, dropped floss, whatever, sat back down, feeling cocky. And then Bodie like one up me, like technically I won, but he, he just, after that, like he just, he, he, he just followed up and went, when he's like, yeah, to follow on my coworkers metaphor, you know, like training at drama is like basically like, you know, like use floss, like really get everything that you can't get, like through brushing your teeth, like brushing your teeth, is like the regular training, like flossing, you like really get in there, really see nuances, like talked about flossing for like three minutes <laughs> and then he finishes and the guy's like, oh, thanks. Like that floss metaphor actually really just completely done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was like, I mean, yeah, you can, you can have the win, but hey, if it works, it works. Yeah. So our, our in season product for MLV guys is still floss. Yeah, yeah. So, so the extra stuff they don't get from the team. We're helping you floss, baby. Just, 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 <laughs> rename, 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 uh, rename the AP plan, dude. Just rename it the, the flossing it out plan. Um, Driveline floss. Yeah. Well, do you, do you guys want to explain the AP plan just this very very briefly, and, and or like what the what the MLB deliverable there is? To build off just like the in season stuff. To build off what what Tanner said with what we're providing, like with scouting and, and pregame routines and stuff. Like another thing we also do is. We set goals for them as well. So, like, they'll have very specific goals to them that we'll update them on, uh, like, per week and, like, per month, like, recaps as well. Uh, so, like, we'll build goals off of not, like, traditional stats. Uh, it's more of, like, expected metrics and stuff, like, that we know is going to produce uh, in a game and provide the team value, like, barrels and 90th EV, bat speed, maybe, like, ball flight stuff, like, swing decision stuff. Uh, and then we give them, like, we're talking to them before and after games, but then like each Monday we'll give them like a recap of that week before. Yeah. Um, 
And so, like, basically, most time if they're hitting their goals or coming close to it, it's like they had a successful week. Yeah. And majority of the time, like, the traditional stats in their on-field performance kind of reflect that. Yeah. But then we're also there to, like, explain to them, like, when you've had an unlucky week, like, we don't need to make a swing change because you just ran into some, like, bad bad ball luck or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. So, like, there's been plenty of times for guys throughout the course of a season where they actually had a really good week, but it feels like a terrible week because yeah. they – had a couple over games yeah. or like they hit like a skid yeah. and they want to make a swing change. And then it's just like, no, like this is why. Yeah. And then the next week they go off, <clears throat> yeah. you know, whereas yeah. instead of making a change where they don't need to, and then it kind of like snowballs and keeps that slump going, we can just like kind of keep them on the right path. Uh, yeah, it kind of ties into what you were saying earlier about like basically every team tracks similar stuff. Everybody has their big three, you know, and like, a lot of times hitters don't hitters, pitchers, athletes in general just don't completely understand like how is it gonna help me produce? Like why do I care about this? Like what's well like what actually matters? And this ties into exactly what you're talking about right now. And the example that's probably on your mind right now is Lars. Mm-hmm. Right? Like a, a lot of this stuff and a lot of what we do is just like teach guys what to focus on and what actually matters, building off what Andrew said. Uh, and the perfect example there is, is Lars Nupar, a guy we've been working with for a couple of years. Um, he's broke out the last couple of years with the Cardinals, obviously. Uh, and he's been pretty successful. Um, he ran into a stretch a week, two weeks ago, something like that, where he had really, really poor batted ball luck. He was in like what, like a one for 24 stretch, something like that. Yeah. Something along those lines. And it was like coming up in the media uh, that like, what's going on with Lars? Like what's wrong with him? All these things. There's more uh, pepper grinders. Yeah. More pepper yeah. grinders. And he, he got interviewed and basically said, yo, like this sucks, but I just had maybe my best bat of ball data of the entire season, right? It's so like, I'm not concerned yeah. about this at all. Like, you know, just unlucky and like, I'm focusing on the right things. Things are, I'm doing the right things and it just didn't work out for me because the Babip gods yeah. are my favorite. Yeah. 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 And like the way he worded too, is was spot on. It's like, I'm going to like look at more stuff of like what I can control. Yeah. You know? So like for him, it's like, okay, I, I did what I could. I did well in what I can control and like the stuff that, caused a bad week and results was like something I couldn't control. So it's just kind of is what it is and kind of move on. So. Yeah. I think it lines up with what, what Langan has been saying on the pitching side too. Just like knowing not to overreact to small sample sizes. Mm-hmm. That's exactly. like almost half the, half the magic you, yep. you get, you have a lot of info. You can pull like different views, different splits, different like lengths of time. And then like, it's, it's like, what do you actually tell the athlete to focus on? Yeah. And it's they, just the way that they get lost in the sauce. It's just the way that hitters are conditioned, right? Yeah. Like they just think they need to constantly tinker. Right. Yeah. And it's like, all right, you go over five, you go over 10. It's like, I need to make a swing change. Yeah. What's wrong with my swing. When in reality, like you might've just got unlucky. Yeah. Maybe you're swinging at the wrong pitches. Yeah. It could be something very simple where like, it's not a, you don't need to make a drastic swing change. Yeah. And that's something that I think we do a really good job of with the guys in season. Yeah is uh, just really being a resource for them, directly for them, let them know it's like, hey, man, like, yeah, you're getting really unlucky right now, yeah. but what you're doing is right. You need to keep focusing on that and just, like, keep hammering away at the same things you're doing, and then um, it ends up working out. Yeah. yeah. And, like, every hitter's obsessed with their swing, too. So it's like, it could be. Try swing. They might not have been unlucky. Yeah, they might have just actually been bad that, like, week or two or whatever, but it's like, yo, dude, it's not your swing. Like, yeah. Like you're diving or you're lunging or like whatever yeah. you think it is in your swing, but that's happening because your swing decisions. Like yeah. your chase mm-hmm. is way up. Like yeah. you're chasing stuff in or out, and like your mechanics are like adapting to those decisions. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and that's that's, that's not to say we don't we don't care about swings, right? Yeah. Like we have a biomechanics lab for a reason. Like we think the swing matters a lot. Yeah. Um, like on that note, like another thing we do with our guys in season is like we're constantly watching their bats, we're constantly checking in on their swing. So when something comes up. It's like, okay, I see this. You need to make this small change. Yeah. We'll do this in your programming. You should focus on this. Swing these bats. Do this in your pregame work. Yeah. Um, and if it's not that, it's like, hey, simply put, like you're swinging at the wrong pitches. That's yeah. why everything's breaking down. That's why your battle ball quality is so much worse right now. Yeah. Shift your approach to this. This is what you're facing today. This is what you do in pregame. And just try to get you guys back on track sooner. Do you guys do anything um, or even weigh in on, on anything like recovery or, or health-based? Oh, yeah. Like uh... – I mean, because that, I mean, that to me is probably one of the trickier things to do because it's, you know, it's harder to have like very specific data. Like you can have as many data points as you want on mm-hmm. a swing record in MLB stadium. Well, maybe not as we want, but like obviously like a ton. And then like they can go out and eat poorly or sleep poorly or like kind of like have a sprained wrist or, or whatever, you know, like, like how does that like kind of communication go? 
what, what, what do you got what do you guys find you like yeah i would say a lot of that is just from it, i wouldn't say it's like actual measured data it's more like qualitative just talking to the, yeah. the guy yeah like one of our, our higher profile guys last year was like he started to like go through a little rough stretch and stuff and it was it was because his back was bottom because yeah. uh like the like the beds in the hotels weren't right yeah. Yeah. and it was causing him like back issues and stuff and so like we had to cut back like swing volume pre-game cut down like how much bat speed work like maintenance stuff he was doing in yeah. season and stuff to kind of like accommodate for that fly out terry yeah fly exactly terry. um but like there like we didn't have like any like numbers you know yeah. to go off yeah. of so a lot of that just comes from continually checking in with yeah. the guys and having the relationships. relationships yeah 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 makes sense but on that note like <clears throat> kind of tied it into bat speed training right like constantly having our guys use their blast sensor right it's yeah. like an easy way to monitor their bat speed numbers yeah and, and, and it's like them. hey like your bat speed's down yeah. right now yeah. maybe we need to cut back here maybe you need to like take an off day cut down your swings maybe we'll not do bat speed training today and we'll do it a couple days later like after your off day things like that so just like constantly in communication with these guys and iterating on their programming and what they're doing to try to optimize for the recovery. Yeah. And it's exactly what you said. Like it's, it's the importance of talking to guys every day and being there for them. It's just like, you know, that bat speeds down, you know, they're struggling. They're telling you that they feel slow or they feel like this, this and that. Mm -hmm. um, and it's could be something as simple as like my, my back is bugging me because this hotel bed sucks. So it's like, all right, we're not going to do bat speed for the next couple of days. You have an off day here, take that off. And like the next day, then we'll get back to it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And sleep on the floor. Yeah, yeah. sleep on the floor. <laughs> or in a car. Yeah. Order a temper oh, mattress. I woke up so stiff <laughs> that morning. No dude. shit. Because <laughs> my, like, my feet were like on a shotgun, like, you know, like fucking yeah. headrest. And like my back, I was like, oh, I'm so destroyed. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the best metaphor I've heard for like everything with the advantage plan is like, it's kind of like having a caddy in your back pocket. Whereas yeah. like, yeah. like Tiger Woods is going to run on the golf course without a caddy who understands his swing and his yeah. tendencies and like all these things. Like, if you're a big leaguer, you're elite. Like you're the most elite of the elite. Like having someone there to help you sort of refine all your processes, even if it's like the most minuscule tweaks that we can make with big leaguers often have the most impact because yeah. there's like such a like a gap margin between the next guy. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, like that's the best metaphor I've heard for like the advantage plan is the most all-encompassing support package that I think is available for guys. And like it's kind of like having a caddy there with you every step of the way. Cause like, not only do we have objective information off of which to make our decisions, but we also know you at an intimate level to where we can take those like subjective elements that you're telling us and like, kind of like marriage them together with yeah. the objective information we're basing the decision on. Well said. Thank you. Um, I was going to, I want to talk about smash factor balls for a little bit, just cause that's been like really successful. Now, especially now that I'm in the working one. Uh... Um, this one's used. Um, you take some swings on the pod. Uh, yeah, fuck. I got. I got. Wait. I got to finish this flying, bro. So I can take some swings. Anybody else want to bet? I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm good, good, man. Thank you. All right. Uh, Talk about production. Can we lay over a video afterwards of you out in the cage hitting smash factor balls? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. or, or or recycle Brady and Lindley's. Uh, yeah. Good good marketing value. But uh, Brady just getting smoked by a hundred. Yeah. yeah. Smash ball. <laughs> But, but I, I mean, I guess one thing I think that's really interesting is like, you, you know, you guys basically came up with the idea, right? Like you guys were like, what, like, what can we do here to like not hurt like hitters hands and, and actually get like very high quality, uh, uh, high, high velo, like better ball contact. And it's, it's, it's gone really well. We, we ordered, like, we, we just kind of like started selling all, all white smash factor balls. Um, net, I'm kind of like running some of the warehouse operations too, like on the, or like I was looking at inventory and trying to optimize that, like. Smash Factor balls are are selling, like they're they're fucking flying off the shelves. The people like the Smash Factor balls. It works. Yeah. Did, did you want to talk about how you how you like that idea originated and, and everything that went into it? Yeah, man. Um, you touched on the idea of just like not hurting hands and things like that. But um, when we first started, when we first wanted them, um, like obviously we have hitting plyo balls. Yeah. We use those a lot for like yeah. training bat to ball skills. Like we're, we work in guys' bat path, uh, and it's really great feedback. But it was always the idea. It's like we don't have any sort of like bat to ball training tool uh, for the machine, yeah. for the pitching machine, yeah. right? So like the idea with this, it's like it, it's a foam ball. It's a little bit lighter. Um, it's three ounces, so it's obviously lighter than a baseball. Um, and it uh, because it's lighter, it has exaggerated spin out of the machine. It's like fastball is going to ride a little bit more. Breaking balls yeah. are going to be a little bit sharper. Uh, so it's just going to be like a 
it's basically a plyo ball for the machine in a more difficult environment on the yeah. machine. That was the initial idea with it. And then as we started sampling them and playing around with them more, uh, we just came to the conclusion it's like one, like you can swing an underload bat off the machine yeah. and it's not going to break the bat yeah. because it's foam. Right? Yeah. And on that note, like, what was that, was, does that happen a lot? Like do, do underloaded bats get dinged up quite oh quickly? Yeah. Oh yeah. The, yeah. Bar- the barrel will explode. Okay. If, if you hit it off too high a velo or if a guy yeah. has too much bat okay. speed, yeah. um, just because it's a composite material and it's yeah. much lighter. Yeah. Um, hey, so it's, it's not too much bat speed. Awesome. Yeah. Just throwing it yeah. out there. You guys had, uh, We'll be working a couple, couple off seasons too, ago. We had one one big leader that I that I will not name who broke three underload bats in front toss. Love it. We can in, in one session. Uh, no, over know, over I, the I, course I, of a couple weeks. I know, I know who you're talking about. Over and the like, course of a couple we weeks, that. and he had a uh, a very successful season. Yes, I remember that season. Yes. Hit a lot of homers. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like on that note, it's like we can we can swing high intensity off the machine with a light bat. So like more specific environment, you're gonna have higher transfer training to the yep. game. Uh, which is amazing, obviously. And then from there, it's just like, we obviously have guys hit in high-velocity environments all the time. Like you mentioned uh, earlier, we've been doing that for a long time, basically yeah. since the start of uh, driveline hitting. Uh, and with that, like, you're obviously wanting guys to focus on moving fast. We care about bat speed. That matters a lot. Um, so like with these, you can train bat speed and bat-to-ball skills at the same time. Plus, like when you're hitting off the machine uh, with the metal bat, wood bat, whatever, and you just hit a ball off the end of the bat and yep. your hand is... yeah completely fucked yeah. like your day is catched. your day <laughs> yeah. is done like you're done hitting on the machine and if you are you're not swinging yeah. fast yeah the next day you remember you, you got fucked up your hand on. yeah then the <laughs> next day you're like i fucked up my hand yesterday so i'm sure as hell not swinging hard off the yeah. machine so you start taking 60 70 effort swings and it's just like it's like a waste of training reps right so like this sort of thing it's like you get the the benefits of like exaggerated pitch movement yeah so it's harder harder environment yeah. gotta make the game easier yeah. You get the feedback of bat ball quality. If you don't hit yeah. a flush, it's it's gonna backspin, topspin yeah. all over the place. You hit a flush, it goes yeah. a mile. Yeah, you're not gonna hurt your hands. You're not gonna break a bat. So like, yeah. there's obviously uh, like we've had guys this past pro off season that were like rehabbing handmade injuries yeah. who just swung the shit out of these because it was yeah. never gonna sting their hand. Yeah. Um. So there's a ton of value to them, and the more we've used them, the more uses we've found for them. And like I know I've said it before, uh, and I genuinely mean it. It's like I will I will never work with a hitter again without using these kind. Of yeah yeah and like there's plenty of use cases too that we didn't even like attend yeah like it was like we started selling them and we had like multiple mlb teams be like oh, our medical staff is pumped about these yeah like they're <clears throat> pumped about it. and we like that didn't even like cross our yeah. mind at first of guys with like blown up like wrists yeah. or handmates yeah. or hands and like different things yeah. and just like how much less stress it is on them um but then, like to go back even farther from where tanner started with that too it's like it wasn't like we just like had the idea and decided to make them too. Like we wanted more bat to ball thing, so we actually bought light flights first. Bought um, what? Light flights, like the yellow foam okay. ones. Okay, okay. Yeah. And so we'd throw those out of the machine at our our guys at first, but it was like we wanted exaggerated pitch movement, like closer to game yeah. speed, but those were just like unrealistic. Way yeah. too much. Yeah, right? like, like they if, if you threw a full distance feet. out of the machine, yeah. it's just gonna rise up and hit the top of the cage. Yeah. So like with these, like. <laughs> yeah. People still <laughs> the way that it, he's the design it's like you, you could just set up the machine you have to tinker with the machine a little bit yeah. obviously yeah um because it has exaggerated movement yeah. right but like you can just rip full distance heaters at yeah. 100 miles an hour yeah and it's just like one you're you're not gonna get hurt yeah. if you get hit like no, we talked about brady getting yeah. smoked by 100 mile yeah. an hour ball out of the machine yeah so like that's that's another aspect of these two is like one they're really fucking fun to hit yeah like if you hit it flush it's gonna go a mile yeah um so us washed up hitting guys yeah. and we get a chance to hit off them on the machine or like on hit tracks Absolutely well fun. yeah you just get to Not launch balls hurt. right yeah um but they've been really really great for our youth academy teams it's just like yeah. human nature right like kids yeah. are afraid to get hit by a baseball yeah. right so like we want our kids to hit off the machine this just takes away the fear of getting hurt yeah when you're training so like your, your training is just that much better every single day because of it yeah so like uh-huh. you said we just found more and more uses as as we started using them no i mean i i'm i'm, I'm very hyped on how to practice uh come along also i was gonna say i mean i feel like the whole last five minutes we just, i just gotta clip it up and send it to ferris just have that tagline don't want yeah. fucked up hands buy smash factor balls because <laughs> yeah. i true. mean yeah very relatable for uh you tired of breaking all, bats all of us yeah. smash factor yeah, all of us yeah. yeah. I, well, the, the the two the two products the two driveline products that i get asked about the most by like college programs and pro clubs are pulse on the throwing side and smash factor <clears throat> so it's like not even close like everybody's interested in this everybody understands i think at least in the pro game, I think everybody's 
starting to or does understand the value of not only is it a safer training tool, but it provides like uh, an environment where it's harder uh, to train, which is a positive thing yeah, for yeah. training to be game ready. Yeah. So like, yeah, there's a lot of like, just to like attest to that. Like I get all, all, all the time, like multiple times a week, people like, hey, what about Smash Factor Balls? Like, what about this? What about that? Like when we were playing basketball the other day, like mm-hmm. we talked about like a question I got about it, like similar kind of stuff, yeah. like pretty regularly. Yeah, obviously we started for hitting too, but like that was the main <laughs> reason we started. But like a ton of teams use them for defense. Like, oh, really? Like, yeah. like, like they just yeah, like, like yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Your, your yeah. Boy. Kai Correa. I use them with the oh, Giants. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Some machines the called the little red time machine is what we mm-hmm. call it. But yeah, we use a lot of like. Uh, you said the little red time machine. I think we call it the Kai machine. Oh, it's Kai like a little red yeah. machine. Yeah. Little and, red pitching machine. Yeah. There's like smaller gloves. I think it's Valley Sports makes these gloves that he uses like different size gloves and weighted gloves and like. It's for you know backhand training and fronthand training yeah. and stuff. It's like pregame work and and Kai's figured out ways to like implement these balls into that pregame training. Yeah, our academy teams use them for defense in the facility. Um, we use them with our catchers pretty yeah. often. Same idea, like you could just yeet yeah. balls out of the machine, yeah. really really high velocity. And have to make and adjustments yeah. to dress more balls that are more. Oh, so like catcher like training pretty much without, exactly. without yeah, getting Yeah, Max Max yeah. use them with yeah. catchers yeah. for okay, high velocity out of the machine. Yeah, yeah. pitch that. moves more obviously. Yeah. yeah. Uh, different parts of the strike zone. Truly tr- yeah. been great, man. I, I've had a lot of uh, a lot of random college coaches uh, hit me up on Twitter yeah. um, and just like give me feedback. It's like, hey, we're we're in the Midwest, so we're just in the gym. Yeah, we don't actually have a cage, but we're hitting in this gym all yeah. the time, right? Yeah. Like, are these gonna break a window? Yeah, it's like okay, like your windows are a little reinforced, obviously, yeah. but like yeah. they they're just like hitting these in the gym because yeah. they can't hit baseballs in there, yeah. and like this is gonna be way more beneficial than hitting a wiffle ball yeah. in your gym. So yeah. like I've gotten a lot of feedback from coaches like that who absolutely love it. Um, I guess shameless plug, right? It's just like a yeah. game changer for programs like yeah. that where you can't be outside, you can't hit baseballs yeah. inside, your cage is broken or whatever, yeah. right? It's just it's just a safer product to hit with. Yeah. If we're making a product that applies to like little league and major leagues, I think it's a good product. Like those are pretty like pretty blanket cut and dry. Like I think if there's a use case for every level of baseball that's applicable, then great. It's a great product. Hersey, mm-hmm. where do you live uh up here? Like a few miles on the road. Quick pivot. Like too close. You said quick pivot. Quick <laughs> pivot, man. You, you want to see if you can hit a smash factor ball that far? Yeah, yeah. No more smash that's how that's asking, it's that's far enough that you, asking. far enough you can't hit a smash factor ball in my park. What, what, like what city? Like in Kent? Yeah. In Kent? Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Or like what, what, what's your uh, lease line? Uh, I think it's a year or ten, 10 months. I think it was. You looking for a roommate? <laughs> Why you want, you want? You want to take it up? I mean, you got a you got a cushy spot or what? It's a one bedroom. It's nice. Um, yeah. Bunk beds. Yeah. Uh, we can yeah. you know more room for activities. Exactly. Yeah. Got it. Um, love that. Yeah. It's it's like yeah. It's a few miles on the road. It's like it's a pretty easy location. I figured like go to Seattle sometimes and yeah. hang out at Driveline. Hang out with you guys sometimes. Well, that's what I was asking. I'm not from I, the area. I, I, I was curious. Yeah. yeah. I was curious at like what you, what yeah what you thought of a Seattle as a overall like social area. I, I was curious if you you were living in Seattle or you were scumbag. Yeah, I'm living out here. So like I I'm from the facility. Close to the facility. Like, to the facility. You got a problem with the hidden collecting? <laughs> yeah, I just spent all my time here. Now, I'm from New York originally. I, I like I lived in Korea. Lived in Dallas when I was scouting. I've lived in Scottsdale. I've yeah. lived in LA. Yeah. So like I've been in like major cities. So like. Seattle is a major city. Like there's yeah. a lot of different culture and stuff. The outdoor stuff's beautiful. You can go hiking. You can go yeah. to the lake. You can go skiing. Like it's really yeah. pretty. So like the winter weather was tough. I moved up here in January. That was you're gonna love the summer. Man. Yeah, I'm already yeah. Oh yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I, I'm, I, 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 first I summer. It's first summer. Happier now. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was tough. But like overall, it's a it's a beautiful city. I, I like like exploring foods. I was pretty picky, and then I moved to Korea, and I like yeah. had to like yeah. die if I didn't eat the food that was on my plate. Yeah. So now I just eat anything. What's the weirdest thing you ate in Korea? Um, Sanakji, it's like a, uh, it's, I think it's like a squid and they like kill it right in front of you and then they chop the head off and then you just eat it. Is that the one where it's, like, still, it's still, still, still moving. moving? Yeah. The tentacles are still moving when you eat it. So like, it's like, they say it's alive. It's not actually alive, but yeah. S A N N A K H I. Yeah. It's like, you have to like chew it really like, cause you can get like eaten or whatever. Was it good? It was fine. It was like sushi without the rice. It was like, yeah, it was like just very protein. It's like very healthy. Interesting. Um, I love Korean food. That was great. If you ever want recommendations, I, I do. Yeah, definitely. It's do. awesome. You like spicy? Oh yes, I got you. I'm from Phoenix, man. I got you. Uh, I'm not Korean barbecue place uh, close by. I think it's like Iron Pot or whatever. Iron Pot, yeah. Yeah. Over, yeah, yeah. There's like a there's like a good uh, bakery over there too. Okay. Yeah, but there's a place in Federal Way. So Brandon, man, uh, his wife's Korean. Yeah. And yeah. So there's, there's a place in Federal Way we went to. That's like I walked down. I was the only white person there. Yeah. And I I was like, all right, this. That's how you know it's gonna be. Yeah. It was, it was either gonna be like you either have to like be. All Americans or all non-Americans for it to be good, I think. 
And like, it was, yeah, it was great. I walked in and I ordered in Korea and I think I surprised a woman, which I was very proud of myself about. Hell yeah. Um, That's the only reason you went to Korea. Yeah, 100%. You, you just, feel like you prize random just waiters Just for that moment. Yeah. So yeah, there's a place in Federal Way, I'll send it to you. Um, that's pretty good. Or we can just go there. I would love to. Yeah, it's like 15 minutes on the road. We'll so. have the next pod there. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah. So. No, yeah, I, I, I guess I guess I was asking. I was, I was curious if you if you had like yeah been, been to six spots in, in in Seattle or or just the overall area. Um. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I've done like touristy stuff. My sister came out to visit last month, so we did like Pike Place. We did like yeah. all the all the standard touristy stuff. Like I, Cap Hill's a cool area. Like I spend a lot of time downtown. I went up to like Gasworks and like that whole area. So. Um, yeah, I'll just like sometimes just go into the city and just like randomly like hit a coffee shop and then like Google yeah. like, oh, what's nearby and just kind of yeah. walk around. I'll end up doing like 30,000 steps just like walking around yeah. the city, um, which I'm kind of, because like living in Korea, that was like, I didn't have a car yeah. for public transit everywhere. So you just like yeah. go. Just used to it. Yeah, you're just like used to it. I grew up in New York, some kind of thing. Yeah. So like, yeah, yeah it was, it's been cool so far. Just exploring and like it's a new city for me, so like just yeah. exploring the area has been cool. Excited yeah. for you to get to enjoy the summer. Yeah, hell yeah, I'm really excited. Like, yeah, yeah, the summer like, here is special. The sun came out like two weeks ago. So when we played basketball, yeah, and it was like that was like the first day. I was like, oh, this is so much better. You, you forget how much you you love and appreciate the sun. Yeah, it's great. It was great. So I'm I'm very excited about continuing. I'm, I'm very biased well. to the sun now. Growing up in Phoenix, yeah. living there for yeah, 22 well, years, had, you never had rain. I had yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, I had a shovel like, growing up. My mom worked in the schools growing up, so she'd always get like a like a message earlier than everybody else if we had a snow day so she'd like wake us up like five in the morning like uh we have school today you need to shovel us out i'm like 14 i'm trying to sleep so yeah i hated snow so i'm i'm very pro the sunshine i like this weather a lot right now yeah, you get here in january you're like what the hell is it this? was tough and i moved to it's, 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 yeah same, same, same thing happened to me uh, i came up in 2018 you're an la guy right uh <clears throat> i'm in la right now but i grew up mostly bay area okay but but, but, but still sunshine, like, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. i mean like i said and stuff is, is chilly yeah. but like that, that that's the yeah, most sure but i think my first i think my first week I driving was like the second week of January 2018 and it was like pouring rain on like my second day there and I, I like I mean I mean you, you guys know I like travel light and just live light so I had like I, I put all my stuff in a rental car didn't have them any clothes whatever um and got a Seattle and I was like oh I gotta buy a fucking shit it's just pouring definitely rain. didn't have an umbrella yeah yeah, yeah. I, mean, I still don't have the umbrella I don't even know what that is it doesn't rain that hard yeah yeah no, it, 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 it was yeah. just it was just it like just the second day oh, it was like super reactionary so I was like yeah. oh fuck right. I, I gotta get gloves beanie yeah. rain Big jacket North all this shit yeah. 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 yeah as much as I hate the winter here I will say it doesn't actually rain that much or that hard it just drizzles it's just like dark yeah it's misty just, it's just dreary yeah i'm not a fan of the seattle winter at all. I, 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 yeah i'm okay with that i don't mind as much but yeah it, it's definitely like, like something people people think it's just like crazy rain and, summer uh, is yeah. impossible to beat though yeah it's it's, it's that. not that much rain yeah. I, the, the dreariness got to me yeah. a lot but yeah. like the rain wasn't that bad yeah. it was just yeah. like the dreariness but yeah now it's perfect yeah. it's incredible yeah. a lot of summers will just be like way too hot you're just like walking around here? 110 no 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 i'm, I'm saying here is good but oh, i'm okay. saying like Vegas, oh, LA, Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah. yeah, it's just like you're just melting. You got a snowbird. Yeah. Like th- th- those best months are like what March, March, October, probably best months. Why are you facility? Why I yeah. used to I used to think snowboarding was just old people. Now I'm just like, no, there's like money. You're smart. Like, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, these people get it. Yeah, it's just like oh, they can do it. So. Yeah. You, you, you guys got a wreck for uh for Hersey? Yeah, like, like, like like a spot in Seattle. I'm down for whatever. What, 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 what's, uh, what's like what's like what's like the what would what, be a fire uh, divey bar? To hit, hit, hit past midnight. Past midnight. I mean, really, one answer. Mark's past just, 2 a.m. Mark's just trying to get me all these plus he goes to. I'm not trying to trying to hit the Mark brand spots. Mark's trying to get you get, a Seattle dog. Man. Yeah, get the street hot dogs. He's trying to hit me with the college <laughs> bars. Yeah, like, I'm good. I got a dog years ago. I mean, the my I I uh, I went to food first, man. Not dive yeah. bars. Like for yeah, first yeah, place, yeah, I had give whatever, give whatever. I had dicks a few weeks ago. The you like nachos, place? Yeah, and then like nachos. Matadors. Oh, Matadors, Matadors. Matador's. If you haven't been to Matadors, Matador's, Matador's, Matador's great. That's the spot for nachos. Okay. It's like happy hour nachos after after ten, I think. Something like that. Like five dollars. Like I mean, you 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 add like two or three dollars for the meat. Uh, there's yeah, one in. Yeah. There's one in Ballard. There's one in West, West Seattle. Seattle. Okay. Um, there's one in Tacoma, I think. I'll Google it. But 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 yeah. the, the nachos are, are like phenomenal. Okay. Like like it, but it was five dollars, like a heaping plate with like two or three dollars. This is what I came to hang out with. Like full like you know guac, beans, cheese, like sour full, cream, full meat. Like, like dude, it's huge. Like it is very hard to finish in one in, in one. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it might have gone up in a little bit. No inflation is yeah, maybe getting the matador nachos. But I mean, I'm in. It sounds you guys really pretty well. I'm in. You like you like Thai food? Yeah. Thai Tom over by UW. Uh, Bodhi told me that's fantastic. Yeah. Bodhi, Bodhi's Tom a Thai guy. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Bodhi, Bodhi's your food. Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm down for it. Like I said, Bodhi's living in Korea, right? like my rule when I went over there was like, I'll try anything you put on my plate, but if I don't like it, I can't eat. Like I won't finish it. But like there was really nothing that I didn't like. Yeah. If you ask any of the locals here, they're going to tell you Dick's Burgers. I had spot, this, yeah. But it's just like fine. It it was you know, good. It's, it's yeah, good. It's not. I, I think I think I think I think part of the appeal is, is like it is like cheaper and quicker than like in it. It's easy. Like it, 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 it is just like significantly I, cheaper. I won't, and, and it, everything was good at Dick's. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I I might have like been a little you know. Uh, so it was great in a different frame of mind. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. but yeah, it was great. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, I think I think it was fine. It was phenomenal when I ate it. Yeah, I think I ordered it again at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Momiji's and Umi's uh, sushi place in, in, in Cap Hill okay. are, are like money. Okay. Umi's has like an insane like happy hour. Okay. Deal. okay. There was a ramen spot I went to in Cap Hill. Uh, Danbo was pretty good. Check that place. I haven't even been. Yeah, yeah check it out. Yeah. It's pretty good. If, if you like. Yeah. Do you have any recs for us? That place. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's your, that's your, that's your, um, I don't know. I went to well, I went to like Pink Door, but that place is like famous mm-hmm. in, in like right by Pike Place. I have to think. Oh, oh there was a um, there was like a Cajun restaurant. I forget the name. It was in like the Green Lake area. I forget the name. But I'll send it to you. I'm if just, you said it, I would know. It's like I had I'm near, I'm near Green Lake right yeah, now. Yeah, it was really good. I forget the name of it, but Jeremy knows it also. I'll, I'll send it to you guys. I forget the name of it, and then you can tweet it if you want. Sweet. So everybody knows. Sweet. There we go, bro. Yeah, go. La- last image of the spot. Hope, hopefully, you guys come up to Seattle. That, that's actually the pitch. We just we just drop enough uh, things for people to want to come to, come to Seattle. Yeah, yeah. Hey, when you're out here yeah. this summer, yeah. go to Matador. I did. Yeah. I did. I, I won't Maybe they'll sponsor us. I won't say the name, but there was a player who we trained here who signed with a new club in the off season, and uh, we we put together like a big like Google sheet of like all these food wrecks for him, and so he has like a bunch of restaurant wrecks in his new city. So if you come to Train and Driveline, Josh will give you food wrecks. Yeah. Sellers. Get in so now. Running out of slots. Let's go. <laughs> for, not for food, though. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. The waitlist. Get on the waitlist, but we'll still hook you up the, the food. Right. Yeah, I got you. What? 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 Why are you trying to get on? Got to take care of people. Yeah. We're nice guys. But so. anyways, all right. I'll wrap it there. Thanks, guys. Say say last word. You guys want? Oh my god. Hit barrels. Smash balls. <laughs> <laughs>